everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And we're back for this week leading up to Sunday, July 24th, proper 12 in year C. Sunday, July 24th is my brother's birthday. Oh, how fun. Yeah. So happy birthday, Mike. Shout out. He doesn't listen to the podcast, but if he did, he'd get excited right now because I'm saying his name on the podcast. It's pretty fun. Um, And welcome back, everyone, again. We are excited to talk about this uh, gospel again, moving through Luke, one story at a time. So fun. But before we get into the gospel discussion, we always like to check in with each other about where we saw God this past week. So, Charlotte, where did you see or not see, feel Mm -hmm. or not feel, consolation or desolation, God in this past week in your life? So, you know, as we've been talking, David, of late, the world feels a little bumpy, a little Mm -hmm. tumultuous. And I have several coping mechanisms that I utilize when the world gets like that. My house is exceptionally clean right now. (laughs) I have washed slip covers. I have turned furniture upside down to mop floors. Mm -hmm. Like I I am someone who needs to be busy when the world gets that way. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my coping mechanisms. The other one of them um, is that I need to go outside. Mm -hmm. And so my God sighting took place on a particularly vulnerable day when I decided on a whim that I was going to load both my dogs into the back of the car and take them to the beach. And (laughs) that's really fun and sometimes a little bit stressful because especially Lily... Um, she gets really excited, figures out you're going to the beach and she sounds like Chewbacca, like the whole <laughs> way there, like at a deafening level. Uh-huh. And because she's so afraid you're going to change your mind and you're not really going to take her. And then you get her out of the car and she's only 45 pounds and she is so strong. She like pulls you the whole way down because like, again, you cannot change your mind. You have to take me to this place where I get to run free and, and be wild and my true dog self. Mm-hmm. So I get them there. And I'm already tired from the journey. But now they're gloriously happy and running all along. And I'm just kind of watching. I'm watching them play and interact with other dogs. I'm watching them interact with other humans. I'm watching other humans interact with each other. And just kind of this like little slice of life, you know, that's there. And for whatever reason, I just turn and I face outwards towards the ocean. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not watching the dogs and I'm not watching the humans. I'm just watching the vastness of the ocean, the rhythm of the waves and how no two of them are the same. Mm -hmm. The fact that past the horizon, it keeps going Um, because of where I live. I can see a little bit of land. I can see Point Loma Mm -hmm. sticking out. But if I look like straight down the middle, maybe I see the Coronado Islands, but on the whole, I just see like the vastness Mm -hmm. of the ocean that goes on forever. And as I was there in that place of pause, not pause with a W, those were for the dogs, (laughs) but pause, um, I was just thinking of the vastness of God Mm -hmm. and that in all of the tumultuous and turbulent times that God is in and through and around all of it and so much bigger mm-hmm. than all of our everyday drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The vastness of God. So nice. I feel like that is like a great setup for our conversation on the gospel mm-hmm. today. So I think we should transition into that conversation right now. Uh, thank you for sharing though. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Uh, 
So we would also, again, love to hear from you all. Where did you see or feel God uh, in this past week? What was, what was your, where was your experience of the vastness of God? Maybe another person, maybe in nature, like Charlotte, maybe in the dogs mm-hmm. or the cats or some animals. Uh, we'd always love to hear from you about that, about uh, any of your conversations or stories or questions or comments from your week of faith discussion or reflection. You can always uh, email us. And you can contact us through our website where you can always find all those faith to go resources that come out every week based on the gospel for personal reflection, family conversation, and small group discussion. You can contact us uh, through Instagram on direct message or by tagging us in a post. And you can also call us and leave us a voicemail or send us a text message. And all those ways of getting in contact with us are listed in the description for this episode of the podcast. You can scroll down and those are pretty much all clickable links uh, for you to get Uh, in touch with us in whatever way you'd like. So we're going to talk now about this gospel for this upcoming Sunday, again, July 24th. For proper 12, the gospel is Luke 11, 1 through 13. Charlotte is going to read it. I'll give some context, and then we'll each highlight a point. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? All right. Look at Jesus. This is good because he's just having a conversation with his disciples, which we haven't heard in a while. Uh, other than maybe the instructions for sending out into Samaria. Um, But here we are in Luke chapter 11. Uh, Last week we talked with Rachel about uh, the story of Mary and Martha, which is the last story in chapter 10. So this is just the very next thing that happens. Uh, And so we're doing our, just following along the narrative of chapters chapters 9, 10, and 11 in Luke, thus far in ordinary time. Uh, And yeah, I mean, there's, this is obviously a, this and the version of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, which is a different one than this, longer than this one. And the Matthew, the Matthew version is the one that we use most often in liturgy, in the Episcopal Church, and really the one that, you know, as a Christian tradition, pretty much everyone is using. Uh, that's, that's longer than this one. So it's interesting to have this kind of shortened version that Luke inherited this version uh, as part of his Jesus tradition that he was passing on in the gospel. And so it's always, again, it's always like we've said before, uh, when we have those gospel parallels, especially between Matthew and Luke, who 
kind of are tied together because it's, it's, it's likely that they were both using Mark as like a source material mm-hmm. and then had their own sources uh, and then had like a, like a third shared source to like pay attention to those slight differences in how they report things, you know, and there is intention behind all those decisions uh, and how they change things. So anyway, slightly different, slightly shorter, slightly different language. And then we have this kind of exposition explaining uh, about the prayer and why we use it and how we use it. And so uh, those are going to be our two points. Charles is going to talk about the beginning, about the prayer itself, and I'll talk a little bit about that exposition at the end. And that's where we are. I think it's also just interesting to note that, like, Jesus doesn't teach his disciples how to pray until chapter 11 in Luke right. until they ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like it, it doesn't seem that important to Jesus. It seems like kind of a, kind of a, um, an afterthought, you know? Um, but then again, and, and yet this becomes like our like cornerstone for how to pray. Right. Um, so anyway, pretty interesting that Jesus, that this question is kind of prompted by Jesus himself praying. And so mm-hmm. Jesus is praying in a certain place. And the disciples are like, can you teach us how to pray? Because John taught his disciples how to pray. That seemed to work well for them. And he's like, well, then this is what you can say. And it's not clear that he's, he doesn't say this is what I say when I pray. So who knows how Jesus prayed? Maybe this is how he prayed. But So that's where we are in the gospel. And Charlotte has the first point. So I was actually thinking about this prayer request and the way that the prayer is formed itself. Because, well, and it's, it's kind of, I guess you're getting two points in one from me today. Oh. I know. Bonus. Wow. Bonus information. That's pretty good. But one of them is the fact that people don't feel equipped to pray. Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's true. Like, unless you are in a moment of crisis, of extreme vulnerability, that knowing how to pray feels like you're doing it wrong. Like, you don't know what to say. Um, are, what are the right words to use? What are the wrong words to use? Um, but we always feel very ill-equipped for it. And it's only in those moments of high emotion when the world has gone completely astray that we will crack ourselves open and just let whatever is in our heart pour right out. And so I think that that's interesting because I think that to a certain extent it feels as though Jesus thought this should be instinctual for them, that they should be able to just have this conversation with God the way he has a conversation with God. So they've come to him and ask to be shown how to pray. And it's very likely that Jesus is like, okay, here you go. But like, also like you can just talk to God, you know, like a little bit. And I think that as we travel through our lives, or I hope as we travel through our lives, that we do become more comfortable in praying in general, that it doesn't have to always be a prayer that is written for us, that sometimes we can just let it be a conversation. That's often how I really consider prayer to be is as a conversation between me and God. And so that the words that are written are the springboard um, that allow us to then explore prayer in a deeper way Um, And deeper doesn't necessarily mean that it's all of the biggest words and the correct terminology, but the ones that are written on our hearts. And there's such an invitation in that, that you can use these words that Jesus has given you to, to be in conversation with God. And you can use these words to open up a door for you to have your own conversation with God that is separate from that. But specific to these words that we get from Jesus this time. Because as you said, um, this is the Luke version and it's a little bit shorter. As I was looking at the Our Father, as it's often 
called um, in this section, there's a line in here that stood out to me differently. And that is that it says, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. It doesn't say, help us to forgive everybody that is indebted to us. It says that we do it, right? Like that's what we do. We ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, which is the magnanimousness of God in that. Because like God is the one who forgives everything without pause. Human beings are the ones that hold grudges and analyze everything to the nth degree and decide if people are worthy of forgiveness. Decide if we ourselves are worthy of forgiveness before we can even apologize to somebody. Because sometimes we, our own internal self-talk is such that we don't think that we're worthy of being forgiven. And so we never go and explore re- resolving a situation in a relationship and returning it to its right state. And yet here in this prayer, we have this presumptive language, you know, this aspirational language of ourselves forgiving everyone who is indebted to us. And I love it because I think that it's how we live into it. That instead of naming our faults or our inadequacies in it or the pieces that we are able to achieve in it, instead we have the big aspiration of what it looks like to do it God's way. Um, And so it says, you know, forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone who's indebted to us. It's a big ask and it's a big invitation because... Forgiveness is one of the hardest pieces, I think, at least for me personally, um, to exercise in my life, especially where there's a lot of pain or a lot of trauma or someone has done the same thing to me four times in a row. Um, that never happens. But like it's it's hard. Forgiveness is hard. And that's why forgiveness is a practice, because it's not something that we ever get perfect at. We constantly have to be practicing forgiveness and trying at it and doing it over and over again. And so I love that when Jesus gave them this prayer that they could say, he said it in a way that they were already doing it as if and by saying that over and over again, that that would become what the reality of it was for them, that they could live into the aspiration by breathing the prayer into reality every single time that they prayed to God. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really beautiful because it means that we can do that with other things too. It means that those places that are sticky and hard for us um, that we struggle with, whether it's self-doubt or whether it's particular relationships, that we can name it in an aspirational way and let the rhythm of the prayer, the breath of the prayer, be what creates that change within ourselves um, and restores those different aspects of relationship to ourselves and to others and to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And that's a great transition to my point because I was also thinking about that like, like just the the feeling of like the perseverance, like Jesus is not talking about the content of the prayers so much as the perseverance of praying, mm-hmm. you know, of asking, of of seeking, of searching, of knocking, right? Like that the practice of doing it is kind of the thing in and of itself, not necessarily what you're asking for. And at the same time, like I'm struck, I am struck by the content of the prayer also and I, I think actually just thinking about it right now, I've never really thought about the fact that all of the pronouns are plural pronouns, mm-hmm. you know, in the prayer. And that like, and then when you look at the exposition at the end, Jesus explaining in having, you know, these like little short parables um, about the prayer, it is not, 
like this first thing it's so interesting because this it's like my the a person gets up at midnight and goes and asks their neighbor for three loaves of bread right but they're not asking it for themselves they're asking it because a friend just arrived that they weren't expecting you know and so like it is not about the person it's about like helping other people you know it's about feeding someone who has arrived taking care of a visitor um and like and then and then this other one is like children asking a parent for food it's not children asking a parent for something to play with <laughs> or a toy or something like something frivolous it is like it is about such basic foundational things and so it's cool to me to think about like the kingdom the the holiness of god thinking about that vastness thing again the vastness of god the the kingdom of god like having basic needs met and forgiveness as being like foundational things to life and that it's not give me each day my daily bread that it is really a communal prayer for everyone to have what they need and then that jesus is saying it's not just about this person getting the bread that they need because they're hungry it's a person trying to feed other people and so I love that, and I and then I love that at the end, Jesus goes through this whole thing of saying whatever you like ask for. It's not it. It doesn't. Jesus doesn't really say by the end of this whole thing, whatever you ask for, you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. It's that in persevering in prayer, you will receive the Holy Spirit, and it, and so it's different than saying like. For everyone, everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. But it doesn't say it doesn't say that they're gonna s- receive what they want, and whatever the search for, they're gonna find that they want, and whatever they whatever door they knock on is gonna be open for them, and they're gonna find whatever they want behind it. And thinking back about like the the communality of the prayer, um, the the plurality of the prayer, it is again not about an individual want but like a communal and global and like universal need Mm -hmm. and so and that like when we when we persevere in a prayer practice when we show up again and again and again and pray this prayer because this is the prayer that he just taught them so when jesus is saying you know persevere in prayer it's i'm assuming this prayer right when we say this, we are giving up control of these things. And whenever we're giving up control and the like illusion that we can have power over everything and control over everything, then what is born in us, what is opened up in us, is the room for the Holy Spirit to work in us. And that Holy Spirit working in us is what brings about the kingdom and enough food for everybody, you know, and forgiveness of all people. You know, and so it really is like the practice of persevering in prayer makes us, informs us into conduits of God in the world, like conduits of God's grace in the world. So that it is in doing this that we become more Christ-like or God-like mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, like we recognize the divine in us, which is the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and moving in us and working in us. And so as long as we have like the idea that we can control the world or we have we can control what we need and we can make it happen we can get it and we can you know have the power to do that 
we live separate from the kingdom and the kingdom is not there, you know? And like, we also are not, we don't have the room in our lives for the Holy spirit to move and work, mm-hmm. you know, like, and the, and the spirit is moving and pushing on us and prodding us all the time, you know, to enter into this kind of practice. And sometimes it takes us hitting like total rock bottom where really we finally are forced to realize that we have no, that we do not have like the power to control everything. Uh, as much as we want. And so I just love the idea. It like really flips the idea of prayer on its head, especially as kind of like feeling of prayer just being like, if you ask, you'll get this thing. Not, no. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus is very specific about what the ask is and what the thing is you get back. And it's the Holy Spirit, you know. It's not the job. It's not health necessarily. It's like something that has to do with the work you know, and whatever else emerges and whatever else changes is like a product of that, of that focus of that kind of missional kingdom centered communal focus of transformation. So, well, and I like David, when you were talking about control, I was over here chuckling to myself um, because I like to control some things. Let's be honest. Um, But I also was thinking about the fact that when you're controlling something, you're holding it so tightly with like a tight fist, you know, like you're grasping it so tightly. And when you're doing that, then nothing else can be put in your hand. Yeah. Right. So it's only when you can unclench your hand, when you can let go of some of that control that you can be given something else. You can't receive anything when you're trying to control. So true. So true. All right. Well, those are our two points for this week. Uh, point number one was Charlotte. It was about uh, thinking about the the Lord's prayer here that Jesus teaches his disciples, and and specifically about forgiveness and about the power of forgiveness and the call to you know live into the kingdom of God, which is a place where everyone is forgiven, you know, person to person and in relationship to God as well, and in relationship to the self. And number two was similar to that. I was mine and thinking about the content of the prayer, the kind of the plural pronouns of the prayer, the ours and us's. And then also thinking about, you know, that the, the purpose of the prayer is for the sake of creating the space in us to, you know, have the Holy Spirit move through us to become God's, um, God's hands in the world, doing the work of God in the world and bringing God's grace uh, into relationship and community. So having heard those points, we'd love to hear what your point would have been for this gospel reading. We'd uh, also love to hear uh, where you saw or felt God moving in this last week or any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection. We'd love to, you can find all those ways of getting in contact with us in the description for this podcast episode. And we will be back next week. Uh, to talk about the gospel for leading up to Sunday, July 31st, proper 13. And until then, we say goodbye. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody.